with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are. Good happy hour, I guess. Happy hours come back here in Massachusetts, hopefully. <laughs> Anyways, uh, welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England zone, Van Helsink. So there you go. With me, my co-host. The Blonde Bombshell, and Kerrigan. Hello, 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 everybody. How are we doing? Finally got rid of this heat wave, more or less. <laughs> no, we're not. It's coming back next week. Yeah, yeah, whatever. We had I a couple thought, days reprieve. I'm like, woohoo! My brother, uh, uh, he lived, he moved from here to Florida, and he Ugh. just left Florida last year because it was too freaking hot. So he moved to South Carolina, and the mountainside of it, by the way, not the coast. Mm-hmm. And uh, he told me they've had 50 days of hot, 90 degree or better. Oh, God. That's terrible. Uh-huh. Well, you know, you live in the south. That's what happens. Apparently, if you live in Massachusetts, that's what happens, too. So, you know. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But today was not bad. I'll take it. Open the windows. Yeah. Open the this- windows. Lots of, you know, things happening in this, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just strange. This world is getting so strange. I, I look at some of this stuff and I just like, how, what, where? <laughs> but anyway, I mean, it's, it's crazy stuff. Yes, I mean, it, it was a two-year-old girl who got attacked by a monkey. What? Yeah. Where? This is, all right, let me get it. You want to know? I'll have to find it. Oh, uh, two my year, goodness. A two-year-old girl, two girl uh, here it is, two-year-old girl was attacked by a monkey. Uh, yeah. Where? In a zoo? Oh, my God. And all the people, this, the, the poor little girl's hanging on to the ladder. The monkey's grabbing her, pulling her down the ground, attacking her. There was like four other people there, and they all ran away. Finally, this woman comes, grabs the child from the monkey, and then fi- finally, a man comes and. Uh, Whose kid was it? Wow, unbelievable! And the, and the kid, the, the mother's holding the monkey. The kid and the monkey attacks the kid again. Well, the I father's don't... trying to hold him <laughs> off. Unbelievable. Uh, okay. Where? That was, that was in Russia, by the way. In Russia. Yeah. In Russia, do they just not? I don't know. I mean, why was the two-year-old? My question is, why was a two-year-old in a position to be attacked by she, a monkey? She was in a yard. She was in her own yard. Yeah, she was. There's there's a swimming pool, above ground pool, right? Yeah. And Give there's a there's a ladder that goes into the pool. Mm-hmm. She was there with uh, three other older children. Uh, she's climbing up the ladder, and a monkey comes flying out of nowhere, <laughs> grabs the girl, tackles her to the ground. Bites her, grabs her. The mother comes. Oh, 
Sorry. Wow. That, oh, your dog's pissed off at about too. Uh, right. Right. Yeah. Sorry about that. My neighbor's walking by with her two little itty bitty dogs. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's it's just like. Huh. Do they have monkeys running amok, running wild it's in Russia? It's a private zoo. But, you know, oh. this is a two-year-old girl. And quite frankly, there were three other, three other children there. I guess they're children, but they were, uh, judging from their size, they're, they're probably teenagers. And uh, they go running away and leave the poor two-year-old oh. crunched by this monkey. And the monkey doesn't give up. It just goes after her. Bastages. Why? Wow. That's terrible. What a you bunch think? of crappy human beings someone yeah. has raised. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, I don't even know. I'm speechless. <laughs> I mean, that's. I'm speechless. I hope they shot that monkey. And I love animals. Don't get me wrong. But why was it attacking it? Well, anyways. <laughs> I don't know. What a happy, happy thing to open our show with. It's great. <laughs> wow. So, all right. So, on the. On the uh, oh, my goodness. Well, I guess that's a ha- not a happy note anyway. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not a happy note. Steve and I uh, were actually talking on the first show about uh, this belief that now that the. Uh, uh, The Loch Ness monster may be a plesiosaurus because they found uh, the, the uh, skeleton remains in a in a freshwater, ancient freshwater bed and uh, uh, the Sahara Desert. So it's possible that the because <clears throat> excuse me, the plesiosaurus is actually a uh, uh, saltwater animal. So they're saying that evidently it could live in freshwater as well. A plesiosaurus is that yeah. what you're saying? A dinosaur. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. But I don't know. Steve doesn't believe it. So no. I mean, have you seen these uh, red glow in the Pacific? No. I don't live near the Pacific Ocean. Oh, here we go. She's coming back. I mean, it's it's all over the news. I mean, these are all news articles we're talking about. We're not talking, you know, things that are not around. They're all over the news. Ah, and okay. uh, a mysterious red glows on, uh, over the Pacific Ocean uh, have people talking all over. Uh, they have trying to guess what it is. Hmm. And uh, it's they, they don't know. I mean, I'm looking at the, the photographs of it and it's it's pretty amazing stuff. It's bright, bright red. Uh, it looks I don't know. It looks really strange. And it seems to be almost like a. A fire, but you're we're talking about the ocean mm-hmm. so you know so, picture picture you looking down on a forest fire from from plane okay you, know, how you see the red all the yeah. red everywhere it's in see, the ocean it's in the ocean and there's like one two three three of these big areas and i'm talking about big areas that this red glow is on hmm. yeah mysterious red glow over pacific has internet guessing is the headline so okay check that so out. Over the Pacific or in the Pacific? So we need to be more specific about the Pacific. No, you'd have to see uh, it. You'd have to see it to tell you. I know that was cute, <laughs> but that's fine. Over the Pacific. So it over would be the Pacific. Over the Pacific. Because the, the pictures are taken from the air. So 
Yes. You don't know how far they go down. Well, it could be underground volcanoes. Uh, just a guess. Who knows? No, no, no that's, huh? it's, no, it's underwater. There is no plumage. There's, there's no anything. Hmm. Well, that's very unusual. These are all unusual. It's like a monkey <laughs> attacking a two-year-old. Unusual. <laughs> the poor two-year-old. That's just a baby. It's a little baby. Oh my goodness. Well, I don't. I don't have any of these crazy stories. No. 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 I don't know. I must not type the right things into Google. You just have the touch, you know. I have a. Uh, a weird story about an island in Italy. And well, give it to me. Uh, I, I have not heard this one before. Uh, Paveglia Island. Have you ever heard of Paveglia Island? You'd have to spell it for me. I wouldn't know. P-O-V-E-G-L-I-A. Paveglia. Yeah, of course. Ah, of One course. Of haunted places in, on of the course. earth. Yes. There well, used to be a, uh, uh, a, an island where they would put the people with the Black Plague on it. There was yes. a St. Asylum there on it. The uh, bell tower is, can be heard ringing, when, but the bell tower is no longer there. I mean, the bell is okay. no longer there. Yes. Well, apparently, you've already heard this story. Sorry. Sorry, no, guys. Only because it's in uh, Ghost <laughs> Today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Sorry, I should have just whipped that off the shelf. Started flipping through that. I don't know. I I just I guess I hadn't heard of it before. I used it on our show before. Uh, the, we're talking a live show here. <laughs> All studio. right, close that one. Brain dead. Eh. Yeah, I don't know. All right, what about this? What about this? This was from July of this year. Okay. All right. Mysterious pale figure caught Ooh. on CCTV sparks debate among paranormal enthusiasts. That I like. Okay. All right. All right. Let's go. So there's this crazy little video. I guess it's bouncing around on uh, Twitter. And it was posted on Twitter by Paranormality Magazine. It's a new one. Uh the accompanying tweet text says that the video was shot near Moorhead in Kentucky, and it sparked a debate among paranormal enthusiasts around the world as to what it could be. The image resembles the little, the human-like figures that caused a lot of destruction in the movie Spectral. I don't think I've ever caught that one. In the 33-second video, it shows a pale human-like figure. It appears lanky and hunched over near the back garden of a home. And it's seen very carefully moving ahead and looking around while approaching the homeowner's car. So I watched this video, mm -hmm. right? And there's, there's somebody filming it with their iPhone. And it, and it looks... Of course there is. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So there's this, this older lady, lady saying... Oh, you can see his face clearly, you know. Mm. And I'm like, hmm. No, I can't. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so people are questioning how it was filmed. Is it infrared? Because 
they said if the if it was infrared, the pale creature would actually be dark colored, like a, a person in a black suit. And showing so if you've ever looked at, at IRs, things are opposite, you know. So the black would show up white. Um and so you can't you can't it's really creepy. I watched the video, it almost looks like a um to me, it looks like a tiny person. It's really very, very weird. You know, I guess I, I, I don't really know what to think of it, but it does. There's this white alien looking figure kind of creeping along and it's, it's, it almost looks, it looks like if it's somebody wearing like a dark suit, it must be like a cat suit. Cause it looks like you can really see the body of the whatever it is, the little person. <laughs> um, so anyways, it's, uh, where did I find this? This is on NDTV.com. And you can see the video. They have the video posted there. Um, but it's only like 30 seconds long. So oh, okay. if, if they thought something was out there creeping around their vehicles, you'd think they would have filmed it a little bit longer. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I I would, I would have continued recording if I thought it was something paranormal or if I thought it was somebody creeping around trying to steal my car, I'd probably call the police, but you know, uh, it's very odd. It's, it's definitely very odd looking. So, yeah. Yep. So let me give, give you something that's better. Better. Anything's better than what I got tonight. <laughs> the, uh, no, they're better than the little, there's a little baby and the little baby stops breathing. Oh. No, you, you know, Sid, right? Yes. Yeah. So I it, all it, these baby stories tonight. You're going to get me all upset. Yeah. So her, her, uh, brother uh who is uh, i would say two realizes the baby's in trouble and gets the mother to help save the baby oh i hope so how do you like that that's amazing it's only two yeah maybe Hard the baby's just a baby the baby's mm-hmm. a baby mm. you know so, well, that's awesome. Yeah. So I give you something good, you know, not oh, instead of right. the two-year-old getting eaten by the monkey. Beaten up by a monkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Follow up on the story. The baby and the monkey. Was the baby okay? I have no follow up. You have no idea. Yeah. I have no it's idea. Russia. Really? I have no idea on that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I mean, that's, that's just some of the strange stuff that's going on here. Hmm. So, you you're a camper, right? I am. Are you afraid of the woods? No, not really. You can walk in the woods by yourself. Yeah. Oh. Without a flashlight. Uh huh. I could too, but that's yeah. That's unusual. Uh, most people are afraid of the woods. Uh, you, you know this. There's areas of uh, Maine and uh, 
Appalachian, the mountains that, uh, you know, are there for endless years and, and some of it hasn't even been explored. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are quite a few unknown things there. And uh, so this is actually uh, some information for campers. Oh. Uh, there are unknowable, unknowable things in the area. And if you know what is good for you, you'll follow the rules. There are, there are these rules for campers? Well, yes and no. Apparently, and uh, we're talking about the Appalachian now, uh, mm-hmm. there are rules you must follow. Yeah. If you are out in the wilderness and you see something strange, though you didn't, <laughs> so you deny it. Oh, if, you, okay. if you hear something, call your name. You definitely didn't. <laughs> <laughs> if Keep you walking. feel something stalking you, do not run. Never whistle in the woods. And definitely stay out. Uh, don't stay out after dark. Uh-huh. Mm. These things all make sense. Folk, folks, experts say the Appalachian legends are strikingly similar to those in the British islands, where many Europeans populating the early region come from. Believe, uh, believers in the veil. That's what they are. They believe this is the veil between the, the two realms. The, mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, we, we, we talk about the veil uh, in the paranormal, you know, like Halloween is supposed to be when the veil is the thinnest the between the realms of the living and the dead. Yes. Yes. Uh, believers say the veil is especially thin in both of these regions. Okay. So if you don't do that, there are things out there that, uh, you know, you don't, okay. you don't want to meet. Well, this is true. They might be kind of fall into the realm of, you know, bears and wolves and, you know, things like that. Not me. <laughs> I, I, I believe that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm more afraid of the living than I am to, oh than a dog. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry. Oh, that was I, uh, See? I guess everybody is going to walk their dog by my house this evening. I have to apologize. Uh, and my husband is not home to corral these dogs, as he usually oh. is. So, sorry. There you go. <laughs> they must sense something is in the woods. <laughs> I think, I, you know, my sister-in-law hikes the Appalachian Trail all the time. Uh-huh. And uh, they live down in Virginia. So you, you do have to be super careful, uh, not only of, you know, just... Uh, animals or whatever in the woods you have to be careful of people <laughs> i that's what i said i always feel more per, more of a person than i do yeah some creature yeah yeah but they always plan their trips out really well they know where all the there's shelters uh where you can stay of course there's also rattlesnakes um spray this dog go away dog and so you do have to <clears throat> be alert and be cognizant of where you are. So, so I mean, have you ever seen anything strange in the woods? Can't say. Well, that I would say wait a minute. Not necessarily seen, but have you ever witnessed anything strange, which could be either uh, hear, see, sense, smell? Nope. 
Really? Nope. Sorry. Hmm. My friend Dale used to tell us a story about Goatman. <laughs> that's an old Cub Scout story. That's not a Cub Scout story. No? No, that's a true story. Really? Yeah. Oh. Goatman nice. is, uh, is real. Uh, well, it was always, we always <laughs> talked about Goatman around the campfire. And, and I actually solved the who Goatman was. We did that on the morning show. You did? Yes, we did. Who was Goatman? Well, it was, uh, well, it's it's a long story, and I don't know how much time we have now, so I don't know if we should go into it, but Goatman is, yes, definitely, it's uh, it's results of uh, humans, actually. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Uh, maybe you should tell us about Goatman. I uh, mean, we've got right. like seven minutes before Okay. We- uh, well, let me tell you uh, uh, quite a few things. The Goatman is, and, and I haven't prepared, so I was going to go dig up the Goatman story on, on after the break. Which oh, well, we can think, do that, too. Yeah, so I'll let you dig up the Goatman story. Uh, and uh, oh, I, I'm going to dig up the Goatman story. Yeah, yeah, just put in Goatman, <laughs> and, and, you'll, uh, and then I'll explain uh, who Goatman is. So All right. uh, we have uh, definitely can do that. But anyways... I do want to mention, by the way, that uh, the two uh, newest members of uh, Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon, which is John Addison, of course, who is a longtime listener of the show, one of our most loyal listeners. He's listening right now. And also uh, (laughs) Cheryl Moore, who uh, is a new member as well. So Cheryl, and I think it's Cheryl because they they kind of chop your name up, Cheryl. So I'm I'm saying it's Cheryl. If it's Christine or whatever it is. Let me know, and I'll correct it. I really, I really do, because we appreciate uh, you joining uh, uh, Patreon, uh, Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon, and help support the show. So, yeah, let me know. Uh, if you don't know about it, uh, Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon, you, you can uh, join for, I think it's like $3 a month, uh, and you have right. access to over 30, uh, well, I guess close to 40 videos now. Uh, that Most of them are exclusive just for uh, members of the Dead Ear Society is what we call you people. Uh, and uh, the latest ones are up. And we have uh, one on the corpse plant, which was cool. Oh, and I need to hear about that. That was good. And uh, then also uh, the latest one, I, which I just put up today, was about the chess playing ghosts. So uh, the, check those uh-huh. out on. Uh-huh. If you're a member of Patreon, you can uh, check that out and uh, learn about these interesting uh things that we do but anyway so uh ann and i of course have not been doing our uh video production for quite a while now because of covid and other things that that occurred right yeah so uh we're talking about uh restarting if you'd like to have us restart our uh not restart it but bring uh how do you resurrect well i don't know if it was dead i mean it's just been (laughs) Suspended. Fell. We've been on hiatus. Poking the beer. Hiatus. We're going to poke the beer and wake up the video. Mm-hmm. We're talking about it. If you'd like to see us, let me know. If you have any questions, by the way, or, or uh, you know, uh, something you'd like to see on the show. Suggestions. Uh, yeah, suggestions. Yes. You can email me at anyghostproject.comcast.net, anyghostproject.comcast.net. Or you can also join us on our Facebook page, Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, and uh, 
uh, there you go. So tell us what you want to see. Yeah, tell us what you want to see. Talk to. And uh, yeah, and one other note I do want to mention too is that tomorrow night I will be on Stern the Cauldron with uh, Marla Brooks. So you can check that out. Marla and I are, always have a good time together. So nice. And uh, love so, Marla. Great girl. West Coast Witch. She she yeah. does uh, Stern the Cauldron on Pararex. So check her out. Uh, anyways, I think we are coming up to the break now. Yes, we I, are. And Marla is the, the queen of of rescuing dying plants and bringing them back to life. Oh, she's a witch. What do you want? I know, right? Right? She's always posting pictures. She'll bring this poor little plant home, and it's just uh, on its last legs. And then the next thing you know, bam, flowers and leaves. It looks fantastic. She's truly a good witch. Mm. A good witch. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. The, I know you're like shut up. <laughs> are you a green? Do you have a green thumb? Uh, kind of, sorta. Yeah. I I don't kill a whole lot of things. I manage to mostly keep them alive, and you know, I I do all right. I hold my own. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I only kill one once in a while. Yeah, like like most things, I'm very sympathetic to all living things so mm-hmm. i have no problem with either of those animals are i just don't like them <laughs> <laughs> you don't like the animals or you don't like the plants oh plants i i like animals i like as long as i don't have to take care of them take care of them <laughs> <laughs> well Anyways, when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about the goat man, and I'm going to give you my theory of who the goat man is, in case you haven't heard it before. And uh, so you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ian and Ron right here on Tojanet, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom. Uh, Also, uh, our good friends on Patreon. And we'll be right back. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello? Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing. Although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. 
The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, Mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann and our wacky, crazy, paranormal stories. <laughs> if you say so, I don't think they're wacky or crazy. Oh, uh, I don't know. You take them with a grain of salt, but yeah, yeah, who knows? Did you look up the goat man? I looked up the goat man. Oh, my goodness. So what I uh, there's a number of variations Apparently, all right. So, just plain old goat man uh, is a humanoid cryptid, and it says here it's most commonly associated with Louisiana, Maryland, and Texas. Mm-hmm. However, I've heard plenty of stories around the campfire in Massachusetts, so who really knows? Some claim, uh, it is, it's described as a seven-foot-tall hybrid creature, part man and part goat. Perhaps a relative of the New Orleans evil Koopa, Chupacabra. Nope. Uh, like Chupacabra-like cryptid, the Grunch. Never heard of the Grunch. Is this one that stole Christmas, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> that's the Grinch. This is the Grinch. That's his cousin, I guess. His cousin. <laughs> the urban legends of them often tells of it killing young couples in parked cars or scouring neighborhoods killing family pets. There are also tales of them breaking into people's houses and raping its victims. Ooh, that's terrible. Many attests from the areas that he haunts. It does not matter if you're a man or a woman. He will overtake you. And rape you nonetheless. When scared scared teenagers whisper about Goatman, not all agree on the form he takes. Some say he was a man who kept goats and went mad after teenagers killed his flock. And he's driven to seek revenge against any youngster. But perhaps the most titillating version traces the origin of Goatman to the Beltsville Agricultural Research Center, a sprawling USDA facility anchored by a big brick building appointed with white columns. In this version, a mad scientist, of course, is conducting experiments on a goat when something goes horribly wrong, turning him into a half-man, half-goat beast. That is naturally hungry, hungry for blood. So that's what I have read about the goat man. And, and we have various and sundry other similar stories for the Waterford sheep man, 
the Maryland Goat Man, mm-hmm. the Pope Lick Monster, and the Proctor Valley Monster. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's all kinds of stuff. Um, all kinds of stuff going on with Goat Man. So what's, what's your theory on Goat Man, Ron? So it's very simple. Uh, okay. So it all begins in Kansas in the 1930s. Uh-huh. Members of the state medical board, along with a number of members of the press and others observed surgeons, other observing surgeons, squeeze themselves into a tiny operating room. Enter Dr. Brinkley. His staff uh, were surprisingly calm uh, and and uh, the patient laid awake on the operating table. After the usual formalities were exchanged, the show began. The patient, who was introduced only as Mr. X, was administered a local anesthetic on his hip by Dr. Brinkley, by Mrs. Brinkley, excuse me. Then, an orderly brought up a goat from the basement. The goat was about three to four weeks old a male, personally chosen by Mr. X for the operation, Mr. Berkeley explained. The distressed animal was placed on a side table and an orderly held the goat's head. Mrs. Brinkley rubbed an anesthetic solution on the goat's underbelly. And before the goat could say bah, the doctor's wife produced a small pair of scissors and swiftly snipped off the goat's testicles. Ah! The freshly cut testicles were then transformed, uh, transferred onto a piece of gay, uh, uh, what do you call it, gauze, gauze, and handed over to Dr. Brinkley, who went to work at once. Taking a scalpel, the doctor uh, made first of two twin incisions on patient X's scrotum. Uh! And through the oh, open slips, slits, he slid the goat testicles one side by side into each one and sutured the tissue. Gross. After a full 45 minutes of tense labor, the doctor announced the operation was a success. Beaming with pride, Mr. Brinkley addressed to the assembly of guests. If any of you gentlemen have uh, patients that need further attention of this kind, We'll be glad to handle them here. Members of the Kansas City uh, Medical Board, Kansas City State Medical Board, thanked them and took their leave. 48 hours later, they voted unanimously to revoke his license (laughs) for practice on gross immortality and unprofessional conduct. Mr. Brinkley filed an appeal with the uh, state Supreme Court who threw it out. So there you go. But ah, wait a minute, it gets more. Okay. Hang on. All right. In nineteen oh eight, uh what? It's pretty horrible. But anyways. It's not, no, it's not really horrible, actually. I think it's horrible. Mr. Brinkley, uh, okay, here we go. We gotta get go through all this they go into his history, which we really don't care about right now. <laughs> We're gonna go way back. Yeah. Uh one day in uh, 1918, a farmer named Bill Stroh was dropped into his office complaining of 
sexual weakness. <laughs> Brinkley responded by joking, perhaps he could give him a pair of those buck glands over there. Uh, and then he would be cured. According to Brinkley, St Stiltworth then begged the doctor to try the operation. Stiltworth's uh, family's version is that Brinkley offered the, the farmer money, a few hundred dollars, to submit to the experiment. Either way, the operation was a success. <laughs> Word spread that soon and soon people were flocking to the clinic to get a new pair of goat te testicles. <laughs> He also operated on some women, giving them goat ovaries. Former patients uh, wrote to him, reporting an astonishing sexual vigor, whose details cannot uh, cannot be more than. Uh, oh, anyways, anyways, I have to go to file on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's. <laughs> One yeah. of his patients, Charlie Testerine, even fathered a child, apparently named. Wait for it, Billy. <laughs> Eventually, uh, <laughs> eventually, Brinkley began uh, promoting the uh, goat clan as a cure for 27 different aliens ailments, include <laughs> ranging from dementia to uh, emphysema to flatulence to uh, ED. Uh, so he has conducted up to 40 operations. 40 operations a week at $750 a pop. Now, this is wow. back 1930s, 1900s. I thought they revoked his license. This is this is before then. Oh. Leading up to that, when he oh. had to show himself to the thing. Oh, okay. The town of Milford, uh, too, gained from uh, Brinkley's success and, and funded new sidewalks and new municipal sewer sessions, a uh, sewer system. A post office and new wow. uniforms for the team's little little league team. Well, hot damn! <laughs> called wait for it, the Brinkley Goats. <laughs> he gave the town new electric lights, a new bank, and paved two miles of road. <laughs> the In 1923, uh, I think they were going to call him the testicles. <laughs> 1923, Brinkley. Uh, built his own radio station to promote his service. Wow. Brinkley spoke for hours on end each day on the radio, promoting his goat clan treatment. Uh, anyway, so it goes into that. The, the new station also featured uh, entertainment, including military bands, uh, French lessons, astrological forecasts, storytelling, erotica. This sounds like a bad B movie. Hawaiian songs. Hawaiian songs and Christian gospel. <laughs> Christian gospel. <laughs> really? Some, yep. Some of his patients, unfortunately, uh, began to suffer some infection. And uh -huh. an undetermined number died. In 1930, which is where we started this article, six uh -huh. months later, Brinkley lost his radio license. Uh, imagine that. Uh-uh. But after losing his medical and broadcast licenses, Brinkley tried his luck in politics. Submitting mm. as a commander to the governor, Smith uh, became a uh, candidate for the governor of Kansas. He received nearly one-third of all votes, but still lost. Brinkley ran again in 1932 as an independent and lost again. Thank God. Brinkley, wait a minute, Brinkley moved to Rio, Del Rio, Texas, obtained... Uh, 
obtained uh, from the Mexican government the 50,000 watt radio license, which he later uh, increased to 1 million watts. And uh, it was the most powerful uh, radio station on the planet at that time. One night, uh, in a clear night, Brinkley's voice could be heard far as way as Canada. So this is Texas, you know, it's kind of like Tojinet, you know. Yeah. Maybe mm. this is how Tojinet started. <laughs> Could be. And the 19, in 1934, pressure from the U.S. government, Mexico revoked his broadcast license. <laughs> Despite losing his license to practice, Brinkley continued to perform the occasional goat transplant as well as uh, vasectomies, prostrate juvenations, and oh, other things. Oh, God. Whatever. Lovely. Yeah. Anyways. So, anyways, that's the story of things. So, as I mentioned before. Yes. Goat man. Just think about this now. We have up to, he did up to 40 operations a day, a week or whatever it was, with goat tanks. What if some of these children... Uh, became more goat than people, than human. Maybe. So what, this... what would they do then if you, if you were, uh, had a goat child in that era? Mm-hmm. You certainly wouldn't go around talking about it, would you? No. You might take them to the woods. Woods. Abandon them. Ah. So this is my theory of how the goat man started. Okay. It's the result of Dr. Brinkley's experiment with goat testicles. <laughs> and I'm sticking to it. Oh, God. That's awful. I don't think so. Oh, I solved the, the mystery that's gone on for hundreds of years. You solved it. Okay. Well, that's where Goatman came from. It, it, and I have more, more facts to base on, not some myths about yeah. a, uh, you know, possible, uh, you know, thing mad doctor that was doing thing i have a mad doctor a true mad doctor yeah yes i'll agree on that who actually performed operations so why does goat man attack the the teenagers or whoever because he's jealous he just hates everybody just hates everybody, wouldn't you? If you were abandoned in the you woods, were abandoned in the woods as a baby, yeah, by your mother, by your brothers, your sisters, because you wow. know back in those days they had big families. So yeah, uh. and hey. he, he couldn't be like them. He couldn't have a so you must so must have solved the mystery. Yeah, I'm telling you, solve solve the mystery of Goatman. A real person, a real mad scientist, and a real story. <laughs> He died May 26, 1942, at the age of 56 in San Antonio, Texas. Okay. He's got a big old pair of goat testicles on his tombstone. <laughs> Does he? <laughs> no. I'm just throwing that out there. You sure? No, I'm not sure. <laughs> find his grave. Let's find out. Go find a grave. <laughs> It's easy. Just, oh, just, just, just oh, Google uh, Dr. Brinkley, uh, San Antonio, Texas, 1942, I believe it said. May 26, it's 1942. Not, not that easy. What do you mean it's not that easy? Let's see. Let, all right. Here we go. Find a grave. 
And where where are we looking? With the, what's San Antonio, I, Texas. Yeah, but what's his first name? I, I need don't a name. Know. I, I, I can't just by, put in Dr. Brinkley. I've gone by that already. What Brink- type of panda did I abandon? Brinkley. Brinkley. Okay. And he had died was? 1942, May 19, 26. 1942. Yes. Cemetery location, San Antonio. We're guessing. Huh? We're guessing. No, well, that's what you said. That's where he died. That's not what I that's said. That's where he, he died. I just said he died. In San oh, Texas. well, San Don't Antonio. do things into my things. Texas. Uh, Texas. No, that's not what I want. San Antonio. Uh, cooperate with me here. San Antonio, Texas. No matching locations found. Why not? Texas. Texas. Texas in the United States. <laughs> Keep bringing up Mexico. San, okay. Here's, here it is. Okay. So let's do a search. This is going to give me nothing. No matches found. Because all I have is Brinkley died 1942, San Antonio, Texas. I need need more. I need more info. It's like every other woman here. always need more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's absolutely it. It's because I'm a woman, of course. Because of this. So, speaking of cemeteries, I have kind of a cool cemetery story. All right, go ahead. So, I've been, uh, you know, we've been camping this year. We have... A campsite, you know, seasonal campsite <clears throat> down the Cape. And so I've been bopping around exploring Cape cemeteries. And I ended up in a cemetery. It is a center, old center cemetery. And it's actually in, uh, I think it's West, it's West Wareham. And I ran across this gravestone and it's actually it's not a stone it's a monument it's a big huge beautiful monument and it's got you know the the woman on the top and she's got a basket of posies and she's sprinkling the posies it's really it's it's quite beautiful so as i'm looking and i'm reading the sides it says uh in in memory of lucretia and nanny b knowles uh, who perished in the railroad disaster at Ashtabula, Ohio, December 29th, 1876. So I'm immediately intrigued. And I'm, I'm kind of, I'm collecting these stories. Uh, and I, someday I am going to write a book. I've actually started, I've actually started um, of just unusual deaths and, and, that are printed on or carved on people's tombstones. Right? Mm-hmm. So of course I immediately, I have to go home and look this up. So I, <clears throat> excuse me, I try and track down the people and actually uh, Lucretia Knowles was a daughter of the Bournes. Now you've heard of the Bourne bridge, right? Mm-hmm. So the Bournes are pretty big. Uh, in the Cape area. So she, she was a daughter and they, they were very wealthy. Uh, so her daughter, Nanny, was five. And they were on a train trip. They had married a very prominent 
businessman, Henry Knowles, lived in Wareham, ended up moving out to Ohio and started this business, this very pro, it was like a manufacturing business. So the family relocated out there. Well, Lucretia and Nanny had gone home to Massachusetts for the holidays and they were returning back to Ohio on December 29th, 1876 on this train. And what happened was as the train was crossing a river on those big old railroad trestles, old fashioned railroad trestles, the bridge collapsed. Oh no. Yeah. So, and everybody except the, and it was in the middle of a raging snowstorm, right? So they had two engines pulling the train because the snowstorm was so bad and it was, you know, multiple feet of snow that they're trying to get through. And the only piece of this train that made it over the bridge was the first locomotive. Uh, And everything else just tumbled into the ravine and down into the river. And because it's 1876, the cars were heated with, uh, you know, wood stoves. Um, And so whoever wasn't crushed by all these tumbling railroad cars, which basically just boom, 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 fell right up one on top of another. Uh, anybody who's managed to survive couldn't make it. The whole thing caught on fire. So now people were, were trying to get out and they either burned to death or died of smoke inhalation or they drowned in the river. So there was not a real high percentage of many people surviving this wreck. And at any rate, these two uh, women, well, Nanny, Nanny was five and uh, Lucretia was in her 30s, I believe, uh, died in the wreck. And I'm not entirely sure that their bodies were ever, ever even recovered. I don't know <clears throat> if this is a memorial or they actually found the bodies because people were unidentifiable. I mean, it was the worst railroad disaster uh, of the time of the day. And apparently the railroad trestle was, it, it came about that the guy who designed it and, and he like gave the contract to build it to his brother-in-law or something. It was just, it was not built correctly. There was just oodles of things wrong. Uh, and over time, it was just going to lead up to this, that it was going to collapse. Um, and the guy, the guy who built it, I think killed himself. Somebody, it's like this whole big, uh, domino effect. Um, and, and the person who was in charge of it mysteriously died. And before the whole thing could go to court. So they think that he was murdered. Um, so it was just this one, one monument just is this big story. I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's the, the gravestone <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. that I found bopping around this cave cemetery. <laughs> yeah. 
And I had never heard of Ashtabula. And I guess it's basically in the middle of Podunk nowhere. <laughs> they, they didn't have a, a hospital. And uh, people were taking the survivors like into their own homes. And they had to bring doctors and nurses in on another train. So, you know, it's just amazing that anybody survived. And the, the guy who had the, the volunteer fire department in town was a drunk. And, and by the time they got to the fire, he's like, uh, don't even bother trying to put it out. We're, we can't put it out. And it was just this whole series of unfortunate, really unfortunate events. So that's yeah, the, all, all she wrote. I mean, that's the one thing I, I like about what you do in is, is that you go to these places and, uh, you know, you never know what you're going to find. No. You don't. You don't. I get, when I see something like this, you know, about someone who perished in the railroad disaster at Ashtabula, I get excited and I, I, you know, I love to research stuff and start, I just start Googling. <laughs> and you have a page that people can see some of this stuff, right? I do. Uh, it's called Cemetery Tripping. It's on Facebook. I don't have a website. I probably should have a website, but all my pictures are are on uh, on Facebook on cemetery tripping, and I just like to share whatever I find. And when I I find stuff like this, mm-hmm. I just kind of set it aside, and I'm like, ooh, this could go in my book. There I mean, I have people hit by lightning, and 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 people who fell off a bridge. Yeah. I know we're out of time, but the, yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool. And by the way, I did find John Brinkley's gravestone. It's at Forest Hill Cemetery in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, actually. Is he doing in Tennessee? I have no clue, but it's a, basically it's a uh, square uh, base with a column on it and a ball on top of the column. And there's a, a, a big metal angel with their wings spread on the top holding a goat. Pardon me? No, holding an arrow or something. And sadly enough, the angel was stolen. Uh, somebody cut it off at the feet. And See? They, but, uh, yeah, it's they a shame. Disappear. Yeah. And if you uh, talk about lightning on the morning show, if you hadn't heard it, Ghost Chronicles Morning Show this week, we talked about lightning and thing. And, and, and the uh, Spock Ranger, who was hit seven times by lightning. So there you go. Anyways, we do got to wrap it up. Uh, Thanks for listening. Uh, This is Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ann and Ron right here on TojiNet. Brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Glant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts, and all that. Awesome. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yep, and today's last word comes from uh, a French nun, Louise de Montalvis, and her last words was, a woman who can fight is not dead. And that's the last word.
From ghoulies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.